Welcome to A Shower of Roses. I'm Jenna, your host. On this podcast, we read together the readings for the upcoming Sunday Mass in the Roman Catholic Church, so that when you walk into Mass on Sunday, you feel enlightened and empowered with the knowledge of the Gospel that you need to have a meaningful and personal experience with Christ every week. I'm Catholic, but you certainly don't have to be to listen to this podcast. The Gospel is for anyone, anywhere, at any state of life. We're so glad you're here. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Sock Religious. I don't know if you guys have ever been to this website called Sock Religious, but it is exactly what it sounds like. It is socks with Catholic saints and things on them. I'm on their website right now, and I'm looking at pictures of St. Therese on socks, John Paul II on socks, Our Lady of Guadalupe on socks, Mother Teresa on socks. It is literally socks with saints on them. And like, what a better way to walk about your day than with the saints on your feet. I love it so much, and I I really think you guys will like it too. Use the code ROSES at checkout for 10% off your order. That's R-O-S-E-S at SockReligious.com for 10% off your order. Again, that's SockReligious.com. This episode of the podcast is also brought to you by Audible. Audible is a collection of thousands of audio titles from audiobooks to podcasts to comedy. So many of us want to read more, but we just don't have the time. But Audible makes it easy by providing downloadable programs that you can listen to in the car, on your way to work, even while you're praying. Yes, you can listen to the audio version of the Bible with Audible and so many other Christian books. You guys, did you know that James Earl Jones did an audio recording of the Bible? Yeah, you can get that on Audible. Go to audibletrial.com slash a shower of roses to start your free trial and get a free audiobook today. So you can get that James Earl Jones version of the Bible for free. Yep. That's audibletrial.com slash a shower of roses for your free trial and audiobook. Welcome back to the podcast. Today we're going to be reading the readings for the fifth Sunday of Lent in year B of the Roman Catholic Church for March 21st, 2021. This week I am joined by my fabulous guest, Olivia McCarthy of the Heart Home Faith Podcast. How are you, Olivia? Hi, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me on. You're so welcome. Thanks for coming on. We oh, it's got my to pleasure. we got to know each other when I was on your podcast. Absolutely. And uh, now we're playing flip flop. So could you tell my listeners a little bit about yourself and your faith and your podcast? Sure. So I am a cradle Catholic who was born and baptized as a Catholic as an infant and then went to Catholic schools. Um, but I had a really big reversion. I think that's an actual word. It's a word. Um, 
<laughs> reversion to the faith in my early 20s when I first became a mom. Um, and so that has really been just a hallmark of the past 10 years of my life. Um, my oldest daughter is seven. So roughly a decade now of really just trying to learn about the faith, dive into the faith, love the faith, grow in the faith, um, and just be so excited about it. And so I really took it on as my own when I had my first daughter. Um, so I've been married for almost nine years and I have three daughters and a son on the way. And he might actually be here by the time you guys hear this episode. So who knows? that would be so amazing. <laughs> yeah. But as I told you earlier, he's due on Holy Thursday. And I think it would be so awesome if he came. I'm the only pregnant woman who's ever said this. I think it would be so awesome if he came one day late and was born on Good Friday. Yes. Just because that would be like such an incredible Good Friday experience, like the pain of labor and the pain of the crest. There's just, there's something beautiful there. Um, so yes, that sounds a little bit crazy, but it's where I'm at mentally. <laughs> um, so yeah, I guess that's just kind of a little bit about me. Um, just, I worked for my parish for three and a half years and I just stepped back because four kids is a lot of kids to figure out what you're going to do with them all day, oh, yeah. do daycare, preschool, what, what are we even doing? Um, there's a lot of driving too. So I just stepped back from that, but I've really found over the past few years that I just love sharing the faith. I love learning about the faith. I love scripture. I have been so excited to really begin to understand how much of our faith is scriptural. And so talking about scripture, reading scripture is one of my favorite things. Um, I have a big devotion to Mary and the rosary, and I have for many years. She helped me with my reversion in a very significant way. I've been on other podcasts talking about that. Um, but then, you know, the whole uh, chaos that was 2020 actually led me to be unemployed for a while. Um, due to the financial situation of the parish for a little bit and COVID and restrictions and all that. So um, I found myself feeling like, oh man, like this is my passion. I love sharing about the faith with people. And right now I don't have an outlet. So of course I was like so sad. So then it kind of came to be like, hey, Olivia, you've had this on your mind for a long time, like years that you wanted to start a podcast. This is the time. Um, so that was when I started Heart Home Faith. So it'll be a year at the end of May in 2021 that I've been doing Heart Home Faith as my podcast. So that's really short, abbreviated rundown about me. That's beautiful. I love your whole story is is beautiful. And you told it on um, Rachel's podcast to grow good, right? So yes, anyone yes. that wants to hear your full story, you can go listen to your episode of that because it's really beautiful. Um and it's all God. It wasn't me. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, it is. It, it all is. Um, and I love your podcast and I love that it was a COVID project because, <laughs> um, the person that I had on a few weeks ago, her name's Ellen and she's from a podcast called charting towards intimacy. It's like an NFP podcast. And I said the same thing to her. Like, I love the fruits that have come out of COVID and like God was working in a lot of people's hearts. And I think there were some people that were like, oh, who didn't make a podcast during COVID? But like, shush, like the Lord's moving and working and that's awesome. Like there's no limit on how many Catholic podcasts there were gonna there are gonna be, like the more the merrier. So I right. love that. Well, and I always, so working in ministry, a lot of things can be, like a lot of times you're, you know, shooting in the dark really with an idea or something. And so I got comfortable 
although it's still hard for me, but I get comfortable with the idea that if it only helps one person, it's worth it. Right. And so that's kind of my, and it's helping me. So it's worth it. (laughs) Right. You know, like if, if I only had one person who listened to one episode one time and they felt like, wow, I was, you know, drawn closer to the Lord through something that, you know, the Holy Spirit allowed me to hear in her words. Like, and that's all it is. So yeah, that's, that's my, uh, you know, mindset about it all. (laughs) That's how I feel about my podcast. And like you said, it's helping me. I don't care about (laughs) anyone else, but it it keeps me accountable for reading the readings every week. So, you know, I'm good with that. (laughs) Right. Absolutely. Yeah. You never know what you're going to say. That's going to spark, you know, that little, that little voice of the Holy spirit to speak to someone's heart. So exactly. Or plant that seed. Exactly. Beautiful. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. Of course. You ready to dive into the readings for the week? Yes, I am. Um, Okay. No, go. You can. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So I was a lector. So do you want me to read it like a lector? (gasps) Yes. I love when people read in their lector voice. So Olivia is going to read the first reading, which is (laughs) Jeremiah 31 verses 31 to 34. Okay. Our reading from the book of Jeremiah. The days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their fathers the day I took them by the hand to lead them forth from the land of Egypt. For they broke my covenant, and I had to show myself their master, says the Lord. But this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will place my law within them and write it upon their hearts. I will be their God and they shall be my people. No longer will they have need to teach their friends and relatives how to know the Lord. All from least to greatest shall know me, says the Lord, for I will forgive their evil doing and remember their sin no more. Hmm. Thank you. Anything strike you or stick out to you as you were reading that? Absolutely. Yeah. Like the whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) Jeremiah is, Jeremiah is so, so beautiful. Yes. The the whole weeping prophet thing, but (laughs) you know, there's um, the part that really jumped out to me is this line right at the end. No longer will they have need to teach their friends and relatives how to know the Lord. Mm -hmm. And obviously this is written in the old Testament. And yet we're still in that period of, you know, waiting for the second coming of Christ. And so I think it's just really interesting. Like, I mean, we have podcasts, right? So that's what we were just talking about is that we want to help our friends and relatives and other people that we've never even met. Thanks to the amazing gift of the internet, know the Lord. And that's like, that's, that's the purpose, right? But in heaven, that won't be necessary because everyone's going to know him. Mm. Um, so I just, I thought that was really interesting that like this is written before Christ, but even now, all these years after Christ, all these years after, you know, the apostles traveled the world and we have this universal church established and it's so beautiful and so rich and so full of beautiful teachings. And yet there's still so many opportunities for every person to teach people how to know the Lord in their, you know, in their own way. 
Yeah. And like, what a concept for, for us to not have to teach people. Like I, you can't even really imagine a, a world or a life where not even just that everyone knows about Jesus. Cause there are, I would say the majority of America has heard about Jesus before, even if you're not Christian, but, but I think he's saying here that, that the goal is for everyone to know the Lord, like have a relationship with him. You know what I mean? And that's Mm -hmm. just something that's just so like nice to think about, but like totally on, it's just not going to happen in my lifetime, maybe someday, but it's just not like, this is the, this is heaven. Like you're saying that we will all be in communion with each other and in perfect union with God, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it's true, like having a relationship with the Lord, there are many people who've heard of Jesus or people who were even, you know, raised in the faith or at the very least sacramentalized. And, you know, they don't have a relationship with the Lord. And so that's why there's this push for evangelization in, you know, like parish ministry culture. And there's this desire for evangelization in our parishes and in our communities because this is something that's still lacking. And so I think we can see that if we really think about like, what is evangelization and how are people doing it? Well, some people are doing it through podcasts. Some people are writing books. Some people are, you know, uh, blogging is still a thing. (laughs) I love blogs. (laughs) I am pro blog. If you have a blog, you're awesome. Send it to me. But, (laughs) you know, it's just, it's so, it's so beautiful to think about all the ways that people are participating in helping people come to know the Lord. Um, but again, like we were talking about earlier, you never know what the one thing that you say or what the one thing you do might be that, that brings somebody to a relationship with him. Yeah. I, amen. Amen. Love <laughs> it. All right, cool. You want to go on to the second reading? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so the second reading is from the letter to the Hebrews, chapter 5, verses 7 to 9. In the days when Christ Jesus was in the flesh, he offered prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to the one who was able to save him from death, and he was heard because of his reverence. Son though he was, he learned obedience from what he suffered. And when he was made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. Mm, I have some thoughts about this, but I want to hear what you, no, no, I want to hear what stuck out to you as you were listening. Okay. Well, first of all, I just, I have to tell you guys a secret that is sort of a confession, but not that type of confession. So don't worry, I'm absolved from this, but (laughs) I have a really hard time in the epistles. This is an epistle, right? Yeah. Letter to the Hebrews. Okay. In, in the epistles or, you know, the, the letters of the new Testament, especially when the apostles writings start talking about being perfect and perfection. And obviously Jesus is perfect. I'm totally cool with that statement, but Whenever I see the word perfect, I'm like, okay, so that means we're supposed to be perfect and that's just not going to happen. So um, my secret, which I've actually talked about on another podcast, is that I've had a lovely battle with scrupulosity, which has been Mm. really fun. So for those of you who have experienced that fear of 
like never being good enough for God, these readings, like there's, it's always, it jumps out at me probably about once a month in the readings that there's something about being perfect and I can get hung up on that word. So that's my own take on the word perfect when it appears in scriptures um, or in scripture. But, you know, what's so beautiful about this is just he became the source of eternal salvation. Like that phrase alone is really all you need to know about the Catholic faith. Well, not exactly all you need to know, but it's a really, really big part of the charisma. So you need to know it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, I I mean, no, it does. It really sums it up very nicely, I think. Um, Mm -hmm. What I wanted to ask you, because I don't know that I have a good answer, It says, son, though he was, he learned obedience from what he suffered. Okay, that makes sense to me. He was obedient to the point of death. But it says, and this line that you were just talking about, and when he was made perfect. When I read that, I was like, well, Jesus was always perfect because he's God. What do you make of that line? Not trying to put you on the spot, but I don't understand it. So I'm going to make you do it. (laughs) Well, I think, first of all, it's okay to say that we struggle with things in scripture. It's okay to say that we don't understand. It's okay to say, like, we don't have all the answers. And sometimes I think that words get a little bit lost in the translation. Mm. And so that's maybe a cap out of an answer. I don't know. But, (laughs) you know, like, maybe there's a different verb instead of was made perfect. Um, you know, maybe there's a different verb, maybe in the original translation or in the original, it was probably written in Hebrew since it was written to the Hebrews. Um, (laughs) so, you know, maybe in the original language that this was written in, there was a different, more concise and precise word. So so I always, I always considered that as a possibility. Um, but I also think, you know, he learned obedience from what he suffered. And when he, so when he had exemplified perfect obedience, Mm. that was, you know, being nailed to the cross. Like we see that he struggled with, in him being Jesus, we see that in the agony of the garden, he struggled with this call. He struggled with this obedience. He was sweating blood. He was afraid and he was going to literally experience excruciating because that's where that word comes from right excruciating pain and agony and he asked the father to take the cup away from him but then said I'll still do your will if this is your will and then he went and did it so I think we see an example of perfect obedience maybe I'm not advocating for us to change the words of scripture but (laughs) maybe that is what it maybe that's how we can take it to mean, um, you know, that he, he showed us literally obedience to the father's will unto an agonizing death, which Mm -hmm. is of course not what we want, not what he wanted. Um, but when he did that, then he was eternal salvation for everyone. So hopefully that's a decent answer. That was a great answer. And I was thinking as you were talking, because this reading really takes us through his passion, death. And then maybe it's talking about the resurrection. Like mm-hmm. he has his perfected, you know, body, his glorified body. So maybe it's that only through his resurrection. Cause I think this is something that 
we forget that Christ's salvation is not just from his death. It's, it's really from the resurrection, which is why Easter is so important to us as, um, as Catholics, because his, if he had just died, then he just would have been like any other person. It's exactly. his resurrection. That's yeah. his salvation. I don't know. That's well, what I'm thinking. You know, I, I love that. I actually, I've taken some classes through Franciscan University um, and they have had a big emphasis on the Paschal mystery. And so I love the word Paschal. It's actually my third daughter's name is Pascal, but um, I know it's great. We love our super Catholic names around here. But <laughs> what I was going to say is um, the professor was saying that Paschal mystery isn't just the passion of Jesus. It's his life, his death, his resurrection, and his ascension. So like we see the whole, you know, broad scope of everything he did on earth and how like literally in the ascension, he's literally going up to heaven to advocate for us. So I think, you know, that's the eternal salvation for all. It starts with the incarnation and it goes through the passion. And then of course the resurrection on Easter and then all the way up into heaven, all the way up to the ascension. Yeah. It's, it's, it has to be all four of those things. I love that. Absolutely. Excellent. Okay, cool. You want to go on to the gospel? Yeah, sure. Okay. So the gospel this week is from John chapter 12 Verses 20 to 33. All right. Some Greeks who had come to worship at the Passover feast came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and asked him, Sir, we would like to see Jesus. Philip went and told Andrew. Then Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Amen, amen, I say to you, Unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains just a grain of wheat. But if it dies, it produces much fruit. Whoever loves his life loses it, and whoever hates his life in this world will preserve it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, there also will my servant be. The Father will honor whoever serves me. I am troubled now, yet what should I say? Father, save me from this hour, but it was for this purpose that I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it and will glorify it again. The crowd there heard it and said it was thunder, but others said, an angel has spoken to him. Jesus answered and said, this voice did not come for my sake, but for yours. Now is the time of judgment on this world. Now the ruler of this world will be driven out. And when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw everyone to myself. He said this indicating the kind of death he would die. I feel like I've never heard this passage before. I know the unless a grain of wheat passage, but um, I do not... I feel like we, I I've, didn't know that the voice of the father comes to him like or, orally in this moment. Cause I really only think of that at um, like the baptism and then the, the transfiguration. When you were reading that, I was like, 
Wow, I did not know that 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 happened in this in this gospel. Right, and what's so funny is like I've been Catholic my whole life, and I was thinking that too. Like I know, like I know the first part, but the second part, I'm not sure that I I've heard that, but I know yeah. I have because we have you know three cycles for Sunday. So yeah, yeah, I I don't know. <laughs> um. Okay, I wanted to talk about this bit at the beginning where it says some Greeks who had come to worship at the Passover feast came to Philip. This part seems totally irrelevant, but I was looking at the footnotes, so I just thought I would mention why they put this in here. So these Greek guys approach Philip and Andrew because, I mean, we know it's Passover, so Jews from all over the land are coming, right? Um, mm-hmm. to Jerusalem. So these guys are Greek. They know that Philip and Andrew's names are Greek. So that's why they approach them. Philip and Andrew are distinctly Greek names, whatever the original Greek was. Um, so this is a, this is these verses, these two verses don't really mean anything to Jesus's narrative, but it's put in there to suggest that Jesus um, was going to you know, Christianity is for the Greeks as well. Mm-hmm. For, yeah, um, the whole for opening the of the world. He's going to minister to the Greeks as well. Right. That's really interesting. I know sometimes it's funny that without the scriptures, like if you don't have a good study Bible, get one. But oh, yeah. Sometimes it's funny that without the scripture footnotes and things, you're like, wait, this makes absolutely no sense. Because oh, yeah. without the context. Oh, context totally, is everything. Totally. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, then Jesus goes on this, on his, you know, kind of uh, speech. Anything stick out to you in here that while you were reading? Yeah. You know, it's funny because the word that's really been like in my brain and heart lately is the word produce. Um, And so of course, you know, that's kind of a residual from the whole word of the year and thinking of like, you know, where, what do you want to have happen this year? It's like, let's produce things. Let's produce good fruit. Um, and then, of course, that song, whenever I see that phrase, you know, the song comes to mind, unless a grain of wheat falls and dies, you know, it remains a single grain. So I think that that's something that, of course, goes through my head as I read this. But what I really, really wanted to point out is this, whoever loves his life loses it and whoever hates his life in this world will preserve it for eternal life. Mm. And again, this is just like another one of those tricky phrases where like you can look at it and you'd be like, wait, I, but I do love my life. Like I'm really happy. Right. <laughs> I do love my life, but I'm supposed to hate my life. Like, no, no, God's not asking us to like, you know, be super unhappy in our lives and to be miserable. That's not what he wants for us. And so whenever I see those sorts of phrases, especially because of my own personal struggle with these sorts of phrases, I like to point them out as like, this is not, you know, in isolation, this isn't what it means. Um, But then it really does make so much more sense right after that. When Jesus says, whoever serves me must follow me and where I am there, my servant will be. The father will honor whoever serves me. Like this isn't Hmm. like loving your life is about service to him. Loving is about service to God. Mm. And so I think that that is something that's just really beautiful. And I think it's so amazing that these three readings 
tie into each other like so nicely. Thank you, church. I know, seriously. Good job, bishops who (laughs) assemble the calendar. But they they really do show, you know, the connection between, like we were talking about, the Paschal Mystery, all the events, the incarnation that Jesus was made known in the flesh, and then he suffered, and then he died and he rose again. And, you know, he talks about how the father's going to honor whoever serves me. Like, isn't that what heaven is? Whoever Mm -hmm. has served Jesus and is in heaven is, you know, there's all those images of the saints with crowns on their heads and things. And just, it's so much beautiful imagery of um, just the ways that people who've lived a life of service and love to the Lord are honored as saints, even in the church, Mm -hmm. even right. Like we have literally, a ton of feast days for saints. So <laughs> that's one thing that we could kind of think about through that. So yeah, I think that thinking about who and how we can serve the Lord to the best of our abilities out of love for him will not lead us to feel miserable in our life, but it will lead us to true happiness and to really a place of being honored for the sacrifices we did make out of love. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Amen. Um, And like Jesus is our shining example of that. Like you were talking about with your pregnancy, like that's a a huge sacrifice of of love. Um, And you can, and like, we have a perfect model. I mean, obviously Jesus wasn't pregnant, but like suffering, you know what I mean? Like good suffering. I think this passage teaches us so much about like death and how to die well. And that like, I think of when I, when you were reading this and you got to the unless a grain of wheat part, I'm thinking of all these saints who were totally unknown, you know, during their lives, but it was Mm -hmm. after they died that the church, you know, benefited from the fruits of their lives. right? Right. So it's that we sometimes we have to die to produce fruit. And that's what I love about the faith and our saints is that we don't ignore people after they die. You know what I mean? Right. We pray for them. We remember them and we, you know, we pray that they become, you know, that they become saints. And in so many ways, the, the fact that we celebrate people who have gone before us and the fact that like, you know, during their life, like, I mean, a shower of roses, we talked about on my podcast, how you have a connection to St. Therese. She was like nobody. And now she's a doctor of the church, right? Right. Like we've got so many things that just really show beautifully the fact that we as Catholics, as a church, we honor a life well-lived, even if that person during their life is, you know, not known for anything. Even if it's just like somebody stumbles upon a journal and realizes that this person was a saint after they died, like that is still honored, which I think is so beautiful. Um, This is not off topic, I promise, but it is a friend's reference and Phoebe's talking about not being appreciated or she wants to be, what's, what's the phrase? Something about, it's about an artist and she wants to be... (laughs) She wants to be not appreciated in her own time and then appreciated after she dies. And so that was what I was thinking of too, is 
you know, she's like, oh, I give anything to be not appreciated in my own time. That's not what she says. I can't remember what she says right now, but it's in my head right now. Um, <laughs> so see, you can even make the gospel have references to friends. Possibly. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And at, at really any TV show, if you try hard enough, you, there's <laughs> connections there. Right. Yeah. Well, I guess there's only so many stories and God wrote the greatest one ever told. So. Yo, yes. Amen. <laughs> so true. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Olivia, thank you so much for this. I always ask my guests um, if you have a challenge for us based on these readings that can help prepare us for this Sunday's mass. So what do you think? Okay. So I'm thinking that this is the fifth Sunday of Lent. There's six Sundays and then we get into Triduum and Palm Sunday and it's, it gets confusing and I actually struggle to count how many Sundays there are in Lent, but we are getting close to the end. That's what you need to know. And, um, so, you know, gosh, we're like, what, only two, two and a half weeks from Easter Sunday at this point in the, in the, in the calendar year. And so I guess, my challenge to everybody this particular week would be to really look at how you've grown in virtue since the start of Lent. And then to really take stock of how you can offer those good works of, you know, prayer and sacrifice and service out of love of God. How can you really amp it up for the last few weeks of Lent? Like, what can Mm. you do? Can you increase it? Can you add a divine mercy chaplet to your rosary every day? Can you, um, you know, can you sit with your two-year-old and do a puzzle with them because you're trying to be more patient? Um, You know, I guess I'm just trying to, I feel really inspired by these readings to say, look at virtue and look at how you can grow in that virtue so that you can honor God and show your love for him in little ways. I hope that makes sense. (laughs) That makes perfect sense. Perfect sense. We love the little way on this podcast. (laughs) That is the only way I'm getting to happen. (laughs) It's day by day, step by step. Right. Um, Awesome. Olivia, thank you so much for taking the time today. Um, Where can we connect with you and learn more about you and the podcast? Sure. So I um, have a Facebook page and I never go on it because Facebook is overwhelming and confusing to me. So don't connect with me there. But if you find it there, you can like it. Just know that you're not going to hear anything from me there. Um, But I'm most active on Instagram at heart home faith. And um, I share just stuff about the podcast. I share new episodes. I put the link to my most recent episode right in my bio there. Um, And then of course, you can find the podcast Heart Home Faith on pretty much any major podcast platform. So Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Anchor. And then my logistics statistic thingy says a bunch of other things I've never even heard of. Like, I don't even know what this particular thing people use to listen to podcasts is, but cool. I'm glad they're doing it. Yeah, exactly. I, I, we use the same platform, so I agree with you. We all use the same three things. Apple, Spotify, Google. That's all you need to know. Yeah. Awesome. Olivia, thank you so much for taking the time today. I so appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. 
please be sure to subscribe to the show so that you never miss an episode. And it would be awesome if you could give us a good rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to the show. Those ratings help us get this message of the gospel out to as many people as possible. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at A Shower of Roses and like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash A Shower of Roses podcast. You can also check out A Shower of Roses podcast.com for more information about the show or to send us an email or feedback. We'll see you back here next Wednesday. God bless you and have a great week. Oh